ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. This is an X Squad Affiliate Podcast. X Squad The number one cheap rocket jersey firm. Lonely Hunts Cafe. Spicy conversations. Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota. Man, Jelly Young. Microwave. Reggie Long, aka Dollars and Cents. The Sports Bar, also known as Stacy Sports Radio. Stick to my room, sir. The boy DJ Peacock. BS3 Sports Show. This is DJ Queen from the X Squad. Radio Podcast.
It's gonna be called the barbershop. This is the barbershop. Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast on a Tuesday evening, y'all. We're live right here on the website. That's www.barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com. Make sure y'all go there right now and click on the play button on the homepage and listen to us talk some sports. And also, if you want to get in the chat room, you can click on the chat bubble. It'll take you right to the chat room and you can chop it up with us and chop it up with the folks that's in the chat room as well. Um, just a couple of things. If you want to reach out to us via social media, we got the Instagram page at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. We're also on Facebook. We got the Facebook page as well. And on Twitter, we're at Barbershop SPOR2. I'm the homie Trey Frazier right here. And uh, Maestro Styles is just running a little late, as I was saying in my IG post earlier. Um, just having some car issues right now, but hopefully he'll be in within the next. 30 minutes or so, so it's uh, your boy Fadolo here for uh, the next few moments or so, and just want to say what's up to the folks here in the chat room. Uh, we got Big L repping X-Squad up in here. What's going on, Big L? Appreciate you, man. Um, he says, uh, Trey and Maestro is back. Uh, well, Maestro is not officially back just yet, but he's he's running late. He'll be here any moment. Um, just be patient. We're going to get this show rocking. Um, I'm here dolo for the next few moments, so um, just just ride with your boy for a minute. Uh, Fishing Grits is up in here. What's going on, man? That's uh, the homie Microwave John Fisher and uh, Mo Cheese, a.k.a. Grits. What's going on? And uh, that dude, Shaka, who's repping the X-Squad, he's here in the chat room tonight. What's going on? Appreciate you, man. Uh, we got the beautiful Miss Mocha Bella repping the X-Squad up in here also. She says, good evening, train maestro. Good evening, Miss Mocha. Appreciate you. And we also got the homie Big Kev 303. Uh, what's going on, man? Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Um, so just a few things before I get to the first topic. And um, as I'm waiting on Maestro to arrive, um, we're going to have a guest on later in the show. His name is Kenny Barry. He's the co-host of Touchdowns and Tangents podcast. Um, we're going to have him on for a few minutes to talk about his podcast and then also just talk about some things that has to do with L.A. sports. Uh, their show is based out of L.A., so it's only right that we talk about some L.A. things, you know, Lakers, Rams, Dodgers, you know, you name it. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll touch with him uh, probably about, let's say probably about maybe 45 minutes from now. Uh, we'll, we'll get him on the line to discuss his podcast and some other things that's going on in sports. Um, but uh, let me give a birthday shout out also to um, one Janelle Henderson, who we had as a guest on here maybe a couple of years ago. Um, she's my god sister. She was battling um, this nasty cancerous disease, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
if I'm not mistaken, and she's 100% free of all cancer now, so glad to see you healthy, happy birthday, I hope you had a great day, um, the day was lovely, so, pre- you know, pre- appreciate you, appreciate what you've, you know, appreciate the awareness that you put out there for people with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and, you know, again, you know, happy, a big happy birthday to you, Janelle, um, just want to say what's up to uh, Easy Does It. Uh, he is the SMTC director. Well, I don't know what that is, Easy Does It, but uh, you also rep the X Squad, so I uh, appreciate you joining us here in the chat room for this evening. So um, let me get to the first topic here, and we got a couple of bad situations going on here in the state of Maryland where our podcast is based out of, and the biggest story, obviously, is what's going on with the University of Maryland Terrapins football team. And it's, it's funny because we didn't touch on this subject when one of the players, uh, Jordan McNair, passed away a few months back. And it was a story that we really didn't touch on. And I, don't, and I can't think of why we didn't touch on that, being it was so local to us. But this story resurfaces because an ESPN report came out that there was a toxic culture that's, you know, in quotes, a toxic culture taking place on campus at the University of Maryland um, regarding the football team. And so once this report came out, now, you know, the coach, uh, the director, the the training, the, the strength and conditioning coaches, they all had to kind of answer and respond to the report to say that, hey, you know, Jordan McNair's death was solely because of the culture that took place at the University of Maryland. And so I listened to a few words on my way home this afternoon, uh, just a couple of snippets here and there. And, and, and to the best of my knowledge, as far as an update goes on the situation, uh, DJ Durkin, who is the third year coach at Maryland, um, has been put on administrative leave, so he is away from the team for now. And they have also fired the strength and conditioning coach, if I'm not mistaken. And so you had the AD director up there, and then you had somebody else, you know, doing some talking and pretty much kind of saying, "Hey, look, you know, we we accept responsibility and accountability for what happened to Jordan McNair." Now, one of the one of the um, one of the things inside that report was that Jordan McNair and I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing, but Jordan McNair was at a certain weight to where if he did a lot of training, um, a lot of a lot of things to help you know prepare for the season, you know, like during practice and things like that, that his his um his his training had to be monitored in, in a sense you you, you kind of had to watch him do certain things because his weight wouldn't allow him to keep up with like say guys that are like maybe 220 and are maybe a lot slimmer than he was and so you know there were some things out there that one of the coaches or not one of the coaches, but I think it was one of the people on the training staff had said, Hey, you know, drag his ass over here. That was one of the phrases that I heard on the radio. 
and this was obviously after he may have, you know, passed out. Um, and it turned out days later he, he passed away and, you know, rest in peace to Jordan McNair first and foremost, and, you know, much prayers and, you know, respect to his family and everything like that. Um, but it's, 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 it's definitely a sad situation where, you know, your parents and you send your kid to college, you know, hoping to make something of himself, whether it be athletically or on an academic level. And he's on the football program and you, you, you find out that, you know, you, you no longer have a son at the University of Maryland. So to, to me that, you know, that's a sad part in, in, in all this. You know, let's let's not forget that part about this. This is a sad story. And, and, and by the way, folks, um, for now, if you want to call into the show and, and talk this so, you know, talk some other sports topics. Uh, the number right now to dial the show is 301-928-9649. Again, for now, the number is 301-928-9649. So getting back to uh, Maryland, um, again, you know, it, it's, it's a rough situation um, for, you know, for the parents to be in. And it's even tough for the people in the higher heads, you know, over at the program. Because, you know, they had to answer to this. They had to pretty much fess up to, you know, what has kind of transpired here. But I, I, I kind of have a thought about this, and, and I'll, I'll be quick about this. Um, it's, it seems to me like this, these kinds of things don't happen a lot. And, 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 I, and I know this one in particular hit the news, and it hit the news on a local level, and it turned out to be a national story. But it seems to me like these things don't um, take place a lot of times. And so um, and, 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 and so I'm, I'm kind of looking at the situation as um, and, and with all due respect to the health of Jordan McNair, that maybe, you know, maybe he wasn't in shape enough to um, play the sport of football on, a, on an athletic level. And, and, and maybe to the, to the sense that um, when you get into these programs and you, you sign your kids up for athletics, I'm sure there's some kind of waiver where you sign something saying, hey, listen, you know, your kids got to be this weight. They got to be this tall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I don't know for certain that that's the case, but. Um, I'm, I'm also I'm also sure that there has to be some kind of consent that you sign to say, hey, look, your your kid is at the proper weight level to be able to play this sport. And so, you know, my, my question, you know, for people out there and, I, and again, I want to get your opinions, whether it be you call me here in the show or in your chat room here in the chat room right here is that how how did this. How did we get to this point? How did the University of Maryland get to this situation where he's on the field, he's practicing, and, you know, you have people that are in the front line that watch this kid get, you know, get accepted to this program, you know, take all the tests, all the proper testing, and who knows, maybe he passed the test and maybe it was all good, but... If he didn't pass all these tests before entering the football field, then I, I got a question, 
why why did he get on the field in the first place you know for 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 this to happen and and and, and i guess another way to look at it is if you're going to fire the training you know the training coach the strength and conditioning guy why aren't other people losing their jobs here i mean if 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 we're going to go to this extent i mean dj durkin is a third year guy he's a coach he's the coach of the program why not just cut bait because eventually that's going to happen you, you know and 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 i don't know about the ad guys i don't know about the directors the other people that you know are the head of this thing but it it, it sounds to me like some heads got a roll in this situation and it seems like they're just letting the clock tick 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 on this stuff because look the coach can't do anything right now i mean the season starts in about two three weeks from now and you know the coach is away from the team and he's losing time to prepare for this so in in my opinion i think if you're going to go all out maryland that's you university of maryland if you're going to go all out just go ahead and just you know fire dj durkin because if the program admitted that they had something to do with Jordan McNair's death in, in, in terms of not monitoring his conditioning, not, you know, being able to see, hey, look, this is, you know, this is what's happening to the guy. Because, look, forget the, forget about the whole culture thing, about the whole, you know, this is a toxic culture and all this stuff. And, you know, guys can be guys can be pushed to the limit. I'm 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 not buying that all that much. Um to me this is more of a this is more of a health issue and the University of Maryland is not following the you know is is not following the kids in their health. And I don't know how much of this goes on. And 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 final thing in this and I'll I'll put a bow on this. Um and then I'll I'll read some of the chat cuz I know they got some opinions about this. Um why and i'm and i'm man i just lost my train of thought right here um my 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 final thought about this if i if i can you know re if if i can rethink this through here is why come out now when the report is out because it seems like they were trying to sweep it under the rug it seems that way I, i i don't know for certain but it seems like when it when it comes to these other schools, you know, you had the situation with Penn State. They tried to push that under the rug. You had the th- you had the stuff with the doctor at Michigan State. You know, with the with the um, well, not with the basketball program, but pretty much with the university as a whole. They tried to shrug that under the rug. Now with Maryland, it seems like once he passed away. It seemed like the story just kind of got pushed to the wayside, and then Maryland was just like, ah, you know, it's it's business as usual. And then the report comes out, and oh, oh, now we gotta accept some responsibility. Now we gotta, you know, and 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 it seems like you know, it seems like people aren't sorry for what happened. It seems like they're just sorry because they got caught, or they have to say that they're sorry because. You know the cat's out of the bag right now, and 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 so you got to put all this press conferences together. Um, you got to put on a good face because look, you're not just speaking for just the football program. You're speaking for 
the entire University of Maryland. You're, you're speaking even for the student body, even for the people that are just there for academics. You're, you're speaking for the entire school. I mean, and, and, and I said this about the Penn State situation. If I'm a parent and my kid is writing up applications and sending them through and, you know, I look at the school and I say, hmm, do I want my kid in at that school because they can't handle the situation? You know, you, you got to think about stuff like that. And, and and then again, the old saying goes, this stuff happens all the time. And I'm not just talking about like kids dying on the field. I'm just talking about um, unethical situations that happens at these athletics in college in these programs you know it, it it seems like nobody ever wants to come to the forefront you know immediately and address the situation it seems like when something can be kept under the rug they're going to keep it under the rug as much possible as they can do that and, and, and so until until somebody breaks this barrier down, this is the kind of stuff that's going to continue. You know, stuff will be swept under the rug and, you know, we'll, we'll just move on because it's all about winning football games. At the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to these coaches, to these AD directors, to the training staff, to and, and even a certain extent, the, the kids that play the sport and the NCAA for that matter. It's all about winning games. And, you know, I, I wish we can get to a place where, you know, there was a little bit more morality when, when it comes to these things. But, you know, just like everything in sports, you know, whether it's PEDs, um, you know, deflated footballs, which I'll, I'll talk about that in, in a little bit. And, you know, other other stuff, other, you know, legitimately unethical things, you know, guys wait until they get caught to say, I'm sorry. They don't wait till the immediate impact takes place. They got to wait until the report comes out or somebody shines some light on it or somebody's a snitch, you know. So I want to get into the chat room here real quick and uh, see some new folks up in here. Uh, Kevin Gray with Clutch Talk Sports Radio is here in the building. What's going on? Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, let me see who else is up in here. Uh, well, let me read a comment here from Fish and Grits. They were very specific in saying that the fault was not on the coaching staff, but on the part of strength and conditioning staff. Yes, I, I did hear that um, part of the press conference, which is why they let go of the strength and conditioning coach and not DJ Durkin, the football coach. And I, you know, I, I can understand that part of it, but I got a question for you, Fish and Grits. How does DJ Durkin survive all of this? Because at the end of the day, he's the coach, and they're gonna shine a spotlight on him. For I mean, for the most part, they're gonna shine the spotlight on the coach because the old cliche is is that all the coaches have to know everything what's going on with their program, whether it be their academics, stuff off the court, off on the court, on the field, off the field, that kind of a thing, and so. I'm I'm one that says if you're gonna let DJ Durkin go, just just let him go. You know, I, I think that would I mean, if you're talking about a PR situation, that's probably what's gonna end up happening, and and it, and it might save face a little bit for the University of Maryland. Um, 
that dude Shaka's in the chat says, if there's no protocols for regarding safety precautions with it within any sports program, heads should roll up to the AD office. I, I, I agree with that, Shaka. And, and, and I said it earlier, like, when he first got enrolled into this program and he's going through the testing and stuff, you kind of have to look at, did he pass the test legitimately? Now, it's not Jordan's fault. Um, obviously, these tests have to be put in place so that they're accurate enough so that they know that these kids are fit enough to play the sport. And somehow, he was passed through the protocol to get to the field, to get to, you know, to get to the practicing for, for the team. You're right. At some point, somebody, somebody in that office up there has to lose their job. And and I got a feeling, I, I really got a feeling that they, they're going to fire everybody, um, including the coach, including the AD office, unless, unless there's not a lot of controversy going on and, and, and let's wait and see what the parents of Jordan McNair is going to do to push forward. Because I did hear that there may be a potential lawsuit in the works for the university of Maryland. So we're going to see how that works out. Um, he also says, uh, he being Shaka, that dude, he says, and I mean, outdoor sports activity in extreme weather conditions. There you go, Shaka. There you go. A 270-280-pound man in heat. That's that's not good. It's, it's not good. They they practice around this time of year. Um it's it's about 90 degrees right now. Even though it's been raining like we live in Seattle over here, but you get the point. For the most part, August in Maryland is a scorcher. It's a scorcher. You, you, you gotta you gotta watch yourself uh miss tiffany sports and heels welcome to the show she's in the chat room appreciate you um fishing grits says uh trey and we both know they are they are one and the same uh clutch talk sports uh he says you made the point right there trey if a parent can't trust the coaching staff or training staff to take care of the player while on the team then you have to fire the coach because now you are costing the team the opportunity to win games and do it safely and the way they were going about their business i would say the culture and the things surrounding the team quote-unquote toxic is the appropriate term okay yeah i mean i i, I guess because i mean you and i kind of see a little bit different with the toxic um culture situation i i, I just think it was more I, I just think jordan was not fit enough to play the sport and that's not his fault. Let, let, let me let me be clear about that. This is not Jordan McNair's doing here. Um, you again, you go through a protocol to pass so that if you are fit, then you're allowed to play for the program. And it sounds to me like it all started right there. It all started where he got enrolled and he was trying to get in and. Maybe something happened and they just swept it under the rug. Or he passed and maybe the protocol is ineffective. Maybe maybe that's the case. Who, who knows? Uh, Fishing Grit says, I don't know, Trey. In an age where they're about to cover up for Urban Meyer, nothing is surprising. 
And yeah, that's a you know that's another issue right there. Also, I mean, I, I talked about the Penn State stuff and some of the other things that's taking place. I mean, we can't forget about what's going on with Ohio State and and that situation. Um, you're talking rape, sexual assault, all that stuff is serious. And in this Me Too movement age nowadays, um, this stuff is real. Um, it, 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 as important as these guys want to make it about winning football games, all these other things, rape, assault, domestic violence, um, this situation with uh, Jordan McNair, all this stuff is real. It's a reality, and it, it and it and it's got to be brought to the forefront. It, it's got to it's got to take priority over the program. It's got to take priority over just about we want to win football games. It it, it it's it's got to take precedence at, at, at some point. And as long as the money's rolling in, mouths are just gonna shut up and just you know business as usual. That I mean that that's really. Um, really the case here um, I want to get to another thing that's uh, been taking place here in uh, in the state of Maryland and uh, we, we, we titled this show this episode it's a mess it's messy in Maryland because not because of what's going on with the University of Maryland program but because of what's going on with the Baltimore Orioles who are now 35 and 85 or 84 if I'm not mistaken so they're fifty. They're fifty games below five hundred in an AL East where the best team in the league, in in all of baseball, is fifty games over five hundred. And the last place team, which is the Orioles, are fifty games back of first place. What a, what a, what a terrible season for the Baltimore Orioles. But I I read this last night, and I, and I got really disgusted because we we, we kind of talked about this uh, situation with Papa John's and the racist comments that they made and we already know about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys wanting to resume their partnership with Papa John's now the Baltimore Orioles are doing the same thing they're going to resume their partnership with Papa John's even after the whole racial slur thing is you know resurface itself um, you know what I say Baltimore Orioles, that's what you get. That's exactly what the hell you get. You're 50 games under 500. You're the worst team in the league, and and now you want to do this for what? For what? There, there's other there's other pizza chains around here. Why not give three brothers a shot? Why not give my folks around the corner here, um, Piazza Italiano, around the corner? Why why not give other pizzerias a shot at a sponsorship for you? I mean, is, is Papa John's really that great? I mean, in, 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 as far as not just sponsorship, but as far as pizza itself goes, Papa John's is not that good, folks. I mean, I've I've had it a few times, but it's not the greatest pizza on earth. And 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 for this team to rekindle this relationship, you know, because the Cowboys did it. I mean, I don't know if that's the reason they did it because the Cowboys did it, but to to rekindle their relationship after the owner of Papa John's went on this racist comment situation. Why? Why? There, there's other pizzerias in this area that has opportunities. Why not give those people a shot? That, that, that's all I'm saying about that. 
uh, Clutch Talk Sports Radio in the chat room. He says, I'm talking to making the players eat until they are throwing up, making a player compete in a tug of war against an entire defensive unit, embarrassing of players to the point they actually transfer, the explicit and over-the-top psychological abuse, the details about the entire football program is wild. So I hear what you're saying, Kevin. You know, those are things like, you know, like if you're a rookie in the NFL, like those are the kinds of things that, you know, could take place. You know, it's it, they call it hazing. Uh, if, if I got that term correct, it's hazing. And so, so yeah, you know, th- those things tend to lend itself to a a level that is a bit much for a program. So I could yeah, I could I could totally understand that. Um I just don't wanna discredit or discount the fact that maybe Jordan McNair was just not in better health enough to play this game. Um I'm 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 gonna go along with that. And again, it's not his fault. It's not his parents' fault. Um this is why, you know, when you you know when you go get your license, what do you do? You, you got to take a driving test. You know when you when 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 players trade to other teams, when teams trade players to other teams, there's a physical, and you got to pass a physical. And these protocols, they got to be legit. They got to be effective. They have to work. So it's it's just like anything else. I'm I'm question I'm questioning the University of Maryland's protocol when it comes to new entrants into the program. I'm, I'm questioning the legitimacy of how effective their tests are ran before people can play football. That, that's, that's really all I'm questioning there. So, um, I want to get to, and I got about, let me see, got about 10 minutes here before I can, uh, get my man on here to talk some sports. Um, Khalil Mack, this is a, this is a pretty, uh, interesting thing I heard over the weekend um so we know about John Gruden who's kind of taken over the coaching and kind of taken over the team and whatnot 10 million dollars is a lot for a coach I might add but apparently there's been talks that he hasn't talked to Khalil Mack and Khalil Mack is up for a new contract um and you're looking at other players that are getting their money Todd Gurley got his money uh, Le'Veon Bell got his money, um, a bunch of other receivers, Brandon Cooks, a few other names. These guys are getting their money. And Khalil Mack, who I think is the best player on the Oakland Raiders, I believe should be being courted by the Oakland Raiders to get a new contract. And why this is turned into a Khalil Mack being on the trading block situation I don't know, but I tell you what, I'm a, I'm a diehard Ravens fan, and if I was the GM, I would trade C.J. Mosley and a pick or two to get Khalil Mack, because I think Khalil Mack is that damn good of a pass rusher. He can wreck an offense all by himself. He He's that elite. Um had a chat with a few Ravens fans um, and they feel like, uh, nah, we don't want to give up the farm. Um, we don't have the cap money. We don't want to give up C.J. Mosley. Like, like, damn all that. C.J. Mosley's nice, but he's not Khalil Mack. 
I, I would trade C.J. Mosley in a heartbeat to get my hands on Khalil Mack. Pause. Um, he, he's just that gifted of a player where he's the best on his team, and he can get you a good 15, 16 sacks. Um, and that's what the Ravens need. You know, they, they need an elite pass rusher. Terrell Suggs is not getting any younger. I mean, I know we had double digits in sacks last year, but he's wearing down toward the end of seasons, and this will be the perfect spot for the Ravens to make a, make a big splash and send a message saying, hey, look, you know, we, we, we going for the playoffs this year. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's my opinion as a Ravens fan. I think if it's if it's in my hands, I'm trading CJ Mosley and maybe a draft pick or two just so I could get my hands on Khalil Mack. Now, I did read something a few days ago where they said that the Giants or the Jets may be the favorites in picking up Khalil Mack. I think that's a good look for Khalil Mack. I mean, he's in a, he'll be in a bigger market. It's in New York City. Um, and preferably with the Giants, because the Giants um, could definitely use some pass rush capability. I mean, especially after trading JPP, I think if the Giants are able to get Khalil Mack, I think that helps them win maybe an extra. I'd say I say they could win an extra three games, because um, I had the Giants like seven and nine, so maybe they could go like ten and six with Khalil Mack or something like that. Maybe may, maybe that's Maybe that's the spot where Khalil Mack could land up. Um, let me say what's up to uh, a couple of guys in here. Uh, see my homie Brian Williams, who's from the End of the Bench podcast. Uh, what's good, fam? Appreciate you, man. Um, the Wait a Minute show with uh, my brother Jelani from uh, Atlanta. Uh, he says, no way Mack agrees to go to Baltimore. Why not? Why not? It's, it's the, it, it, will, it will be a perfect situation. What's what's I mean, you 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 pretty much have a team that's healthy, you know, coming out of training camp. Um, you drafted Lamar Jackson. Um, Alex Collins is in his second year; he should improve. Um, Joe's got a chip on his shoulder. Why not? What? Why? Why would Khalil Mack not want to come to the Ravens? He also says Green Bay is the favorite. Um, yeah, I would say Green Bay could also use. A, a pretty elite pass rusher. He he could definitely do that. Uh, he also says he could be the new Reggie White to Brett Favre 2.0. <laughs> okay, I I don't I don't know about Reggie White, you know, but you know Khalil Mack is that damn good. Uh, Brian Williams says he'll be with the Packers. They have two first round picks. Uh, okay. I mean, look if if he ends up with Green Bay. I mean, it, it's certainly a need that Green Bay needs because their defense is not really all that good. So I could I, I could see that being the case. I mean, what are some other teams that could use some pass rush? I mean, it seems like there's there's some teams out there that that's lacking, you know, a, a good edge rusher. Um, those I mean, but those are the ones that come to my mind. My team, the Giants, the Jets, Green Bay, um, maybe hey Jelani, maybe your team. Maybe the Lions could use Khalil Mack. And, and I know the Lions have some cap space that, you know, they could sign into a contract without having to give up anything for him. Well, obviously, in this case, you would have to trade for him. But not only would you be able to trade for him, 
you'll be able to sign him to a long-term deal and have him secure and locked up for like the next six or seven years. So, you know, maybe, maybe the Lions are, um, maybe the Lions are that team. Who, who knows? Uh, the Wait a Minute Show says Mac wants to have a quarterback upgrade. No disrespect, but Flacco and the Jets are not ready to jump to the next level. Um, I don't think the Jets and the Ravens are in the same level. But let's be honest, the Raiders were 6-10 and 10 last year. Derek Carr took a big step back. And he got paid all that money for, you know, no playoff victories. Um, pretty much that season, that, that 2016 season, he, he got paid off of that one season and came back. You know, he got hurt. He got hurt toward the end of that year, came back, wasn't the same. And, again... The Raiders went six and ten. The Ravens went nine and seven. And we were one play away from going to the playoffs. So I mean I mean if you want to have a who's a better quarterback, I mean, yeah, we can have that debate. But at the end of the day, if it's a team game, if I had to, you know, compare rosters, I would say the Ravens are slight have a slightly better roster than the Raiders do. And and if it's about that, then the Ravens would be the best choice. Khalil Mack can help the Ravens. Let's, you know, let's let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves here. He can help any team. But in particular, the Ravens, he can help them. You know, he can get them, you know, maybe last year against Cincinnati in the final game, maybe he gets to Andy Dalton, and maybe we're in the playoffs. Maybe the year before, maybe we don't give up the touchdown to Antonio Brown. Because Khalil Mack is, you know, rushing the quarterback. Maybe maybe we get in the playoffs. Can't just look at it, you know, quarterback for quarterback. Um, that dude, Shaka, says, if the Raiders let go of Khalil for whatever, they are damn fools. C.J. Mosley isn't he injury prone. No, C.J. Mosley's not injury prone. For the most part, um, he's he's been a solid player, um, available when needed to be. Um now, the Ravens have talked about giving him an extension to lock him up. So that tells me that they trust C.J. Mosley as far as being healthy. So, no, I've, I've, I haven't heard anything like that as far as him being injury prone. Um, Brian Williams says every team without Von Miller or not um, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Philly, or the Vikings – um, oh, okay. So you're saying those are teams that could use Khalil Mack. Those, I mean, those are teams that are pretty much set at guys that can, you know, rush the passer. I, I got you. I got you. Um, he also says that's who can use Mack. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. Uh, Jelani says you're right. Mack is their best player. Carr got paid for a quarterback who hasn't won any playoff games, and Mack is a defensive player of the year. He's looking at that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got but again, if you're the best, then you gotta feel like I could go to any situation and I could help that team win win right away. If you're Khalil Mack, that's what you gotta be thinking. I can't just think, oh well, you know, the quarterback is this, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go there because, you know, God forbid. Nah, 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 nah. Khalil Mack is that great where he can give a team an extra three or four wins in in, in my in my opinion 
in my opinion. I don't I don't know how you know you guys feel about that. Uh, Brian Williams in the chat says the Raiders are cash poor until that two hundred and ten million dollars they are broke due to paying that relocation fee. Mmm. You're onto something, Brian. I I didn't even think about that situation. So because they're moving to Vegas in I think it's 2019. If I'm not mistaken, that's the year they're supposed to go. Because they had, when they announced the move, I think they had about a couple of years left in the stadium they're in now. And so that would give Vegas time to build the stadium for them. So I think it is 2019 that they're there. So, yeah, but, yeah, that that makes sense. And then you combine that with the fact that they paid Derek Carr. Um, They invested a lot of money into the offensive line, which I think – um, in the last couple of years was a top two, top three offensive line. Um, let me be clear about that. Um, those brothers on that line balled the last couple of years. So, you know, the money is much deserving where that's concerned. Um, you got to find some money. If you're the Raiders, you got to find some money to pay this guy. I mean, it's, it's just it's just one of those situations where, and, and, and I think I heard somebody mention this, the Raiders draft picks the past few years haven't really amounted to much, but when they get Khalil Mack and he's performing like he's the best player on the team and he's that elite, you figure, hey, you got to pay this guy. Like, you can't just let this guy go. And it, it, it's looking like Khalil Mack is not going to be a Raider. It's it's looking that way. I mean, if, you, if you're saying they got to pay a relocation fee and they can't afford Khalil Mack, Bro, that's on that's on the Oakland Raiders. I mean, I I would have to blame that on that franchise if if they let that man walk like that. That 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 would be a terrible thing. Uh, Brian, that's right. I for, I forgot you said you was a Raider fan. Uh, he says I've been a Raider a Raider fan, Raider Nation since '76. Yeah, I, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? I mean, I I know you said they got the you know the money to pay to relocate and all that, but. I mean, how do you feel about not having Khalil Mack on your roster when he's the best player on the team? I I I I feel pissed off, quite frankly. If I was a fan, you get rid of your best player, and and then you you hear the reports. And again, these are just reports. This is nothing that's set in stone. It's nothing that you could really, you know, point your fingers to. Nothing that you could say that it's actual factual or not. But. The coach and the best player on the team should be having conversations, especially if it's his contract year. They should be having conversations. And and if you're going to pay John Gruden that amount of money to coach, that also tells me that he has a lot to do with roster changes, uh, decisions about drafting players, so a particular player from a particular college, decisions about who's going to make the team, who's going to make the practice squad, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, Brian Williams says um, they get that TV money in October. When you sign someone, the signing bonus money in an escrow account, that's why they haven't signed him. And he also says paying that bum-ass quarterback (laughs) and that overrated coach. And so, uh, so Brian Williams is not a fan of Chucky. He's not a fan of that. Uh, Fishing Grit says, I'm disappointed in Gruden. He sat on Monday Night Football and talked about Mac being the best defensive player in the league, but hasn't reached out to him yet. 
that says a lot about why Mac hasn't gotten a new contract. And yeah, fish and grits. I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, at, at some point you got to have a conversation and at some point you let this guy get away. You're going to have egg on your face and you know, Oakland Raiders fans. I mean, the, I mean, aside from 2016, Y'all have had a bunch of disappointing seasons in a row. And so to lose the player that you drafted that is the best at his position is not a good look. It's not a good look because and, – and speaking of relocation, what about fans in Las Vegas that are happy that they got a football team and they want to see Khalil Mack? What, what about those guys? In Las Vegas, you know, what about the fans that you're going to reap and you can't sign the player that you drafted? That was one of the best. That's 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 not that's not a great way to one, say goodbye to your Oakland fans in the Oakland area and two, to welcome your new fans in Las Vegas. That's that's not a way to go about it. If, if I'm the Oakland Raiders. Um, Brian Williams says same guy that wanted Johnny football and Tebow shaking my head. Um, uh, we got, uh, we got some guests in the building. We got touchdowns and tangents. Um, who's going to be on with me, uh, in about the next 10 minutes or so. He says, uh, did someone say Oakland Raiders, LOL. What's up y'all. <laughs> okay. So I gotta, I gotta ask, uh, I gotta ask Kenny Barry if he's an Oakland Raider fan. Uh, we, 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 we're going to get into that. In, in, in a few minutes or so. Uh, Fish and Grit says, uh, Kev, remember I said something about my um, this about a month ago, and everyone wanted to say Gruden was ordered not to talk to Mac. I think there's more to it than that. Ordered to not talk to Mac. I, I, I guess that would come from the GM. Is, is the GM still uh, Reggie McKenzie? Is Reggie McKenzie still the general manager of the Oakland Raiders? And, you know, and, and, and I know some folks are going to be pissed about this as far as John Gruden taking responsibilities away from Reggie McKenzie, if he is still the GM there or if he's there in some capacity. Uh, wait a minute, show. And, and uh, Brian Williams says yes. OK, so so um, so I'm hoping that Reggie McKenzie hasn't had duties and responsibilities stripped from John Gruden. Um, I'm hoping that that's not the case because this has the potential to get really ugly if they don't, A, do something about this Khalil Mack situation, and B, if there is sort of this rift between general manager and coach that they somehow kind of work this thing out and, you know, they could both move on from it. Um, hopefully... Hopefully that's not the case, um, because I, I think Khalil Mack deserves better than what he's getting right now. He, he definitely deserves that. Um, just a couple of um, football notes here, and then I'm going to you know take a break here. Uh, Roquan Smith finally gets signed to a four-year, $18 million extension. Not extension, the, the new contract um, from the Chicago Bears. And this was somewhat of a story that I didn't really follow as much, but... Um, there, there was a lot of heated 
conversations about why he wasn't signed to a contract when all the other rookies had gotten their deals a little bit earlier in the game. So, you know, shout out to Roquan Smith for finally getting that done. Shout out to the Bears for finally, um, you know, putting that in place. And, you know, they could put all that rest, you know, put all that to bed and they could finally, you know, get to some football. Um, Wait a minute. Show says the Raiders are trying to write post-dated checks. (laughs) Um, The Steelers. Um, so after the game against the Eagles preseason game last week, uh, there was a article about the Steelers potentially using deflated footballs and someone had actually had a grip of the football and it was a little, you know, had a little bit of air out of them. And so I didn't catch up much on an update. So if somebody has an update to this deflated football story with the Steelers that'd be great but as far as I know and what I know so far about it if you're going to treat Tom Brady like this then you got to treat the Steelers like this if it's legit if if this was legit you got to treat the Steelers the same way you treated Tom Brady in this situation granted it's a different granted there's some differences one it's preseason versus the regular season. And, you know, number two, seems like the commissioner is somewhat in bed with the Patriots for, you know, for certain things. You know, maybe not everything, but for certain things. And then, you know, it seems like, I mean, when you when you talk to some Steeler fans, you know, oh, Goodell's is, you know, Roger Goodell's against us. You know, that's why we lost the game last year. I, I hear a lot of that, you know, from some Steelers fans. Not all of them, but for, from some. Um, just want to say what's up to the homie Grego. What's going on, man? Appreciate you here in the chat, man. Uh, he says, what does he say here? Um, no, he doesn't say anything. Uh, that was fish, fish and grits. He says the balls were defective from what I've read. Yeah. That, and, and, and that's the same thing I read, you know, it, it, it is that, you know, the balls were not up to PSL level. Uh, touchdown and tangent says if Brady can do it, everyone now can do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Some players have more leeway than others. I mean, we we see that throughout sports a lot. We'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, Shaka says, yes, Roquan Smith and his guaranteed money will not be touched unless he violates the rule three times. Okay. And he will start opening game against Green Bay. Yeah, that's that's what's up. That's, that's what's up. Uh, Brian Williams in the chat says, the Bears... We're full of shit. Didn't want to remove the BS in his contract. Having Smith sign a bonus up for grabs. Foh. Um, yeah, that was the other thing that I um that I heard about was that the Bears were kind of reneging on some conditions to the contract. But you know, shout out shout out to them for finally, you know, getting that back in place because you have to you you have to lock this guy up. I mean, he's your first round pick. You don't want a situation where you're not signing this guy up. You you really don't want that. Um, getting back to um, some more football notes here. Um, the Redskins running back Juice tore his ACL in a preseason game against the Patriots last week. And so at first it looked bad. Then they said it doesn't look as serious. And then now they were saying, oh, he tore his ACL. So, um the juice is out for the season for the Redskins, and so now they got to rely on Robert Kelly and Chris Thompson again. 
wonder how Redskin fans uh, feel about that. I, I've I've heard some fans announce that they have high hopes for uh, for Juice getting the rock this season, and uh, too bad he's not going to be able to uh, do that this coming year. All right, folks, um, uh, take a quick break here, and um, when I get back, I'm going to have Kenny Berry with the Touchdown and Tangents podcast on uh, to discuss some things about his podcast and also discuss you know, some things that's going on in California and, you know, some other sports topics, you know, that we can get into here. So, um, also, um, once the interview's over, if you want to call in the show right now, the number is 301-928-9649. And I, and I, and I just come to realize that Maestro still isn't here yet. And, um, hopefully he's okay. Um, I'm still expecting them to come up in here and, you know, kick it with me. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll st- we're still going to be on the lookout for Maestro. But uh, coming up next, it's Kenny Berry with the Touchdown and Tangents podcast right here on the Barbershop Sports Talk podcast, live right here on the website, www.barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? Vince Wright. You know me as the sports governor. The ladies call me the big smooth one. But I'm coming to you live from Minneapolis, St. Paul. We're bringing you sports done right every Tuesday night. Make sure you keep it tuned to Spreaker.com, XSquadAffiliates.com, and now proud to be associated with two live stews radio. I'm Vince Wright, the sports governor, and I approve this message. It's your world, girly girl. If you want wisdom, comedy, romance, good music with the down-home Georgia flesh, you need to lock in every week. You will be telling your friends and family about your girl, my girl, girly girl, X-Squad Affiliates. Every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's all about the praise. It's Sunday morning inspiration. inspiration. On Spreaker.com and iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? This is Ben from the BS3 Sports Show. And if you're looking for a different type of show, Something different that you haven't heard before. Check out the BS3 Sports Show every Saturday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on 2LiveStewsRadio.com. Great guests, great music. You never know who will be on the show. So check it out, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on 2LiveStewsRadio.com. Alright y'all, we back in the house here This is the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast I'm your homie Trey Frazier here uh, Doing a dolo right now Hopefully Maestro gets back in here um, As soon as possible here So, um, just want to introduce our guest here Um, He's the co-host of the Touchdown and Tangents Podcast Which you can find on the goodnewsradiostation.com and um, his show is based out of Los Angeles. Is that uh, correct, Kenny? Oh, yes, sir, it is. All right, all right. So uh, we got Kenny Barry here with the show. Uh, so, Kenny, man, how you doing? Doing good, man. Enjoying the summer. Oh, that's what's up. Got some that's time off work. 
So, um, so Kenny, um, tell me and my listeners all about touchdowns and tangents. Um, how long ago did you start? Where did the idea come about? And what's your purpose for the podcast? Cool, cool. So, just a little background on me. Um, from East Oakland, I grew up pretty much lived there until I was like eight. Moved to the South Bay, High Farm, that old, that old shit, you know what? Um, so, he and I, we met in 2014, and it was uh, actually, we were both working at uh, the Sundial the school paper at uh, Cal State Northridge, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, I knew, when I transferred there, I was like, all right, I'm going to eventually work at this paper. Like, it's inevitable. I'm going to do it. But I was just, I was really nervous to walk in there. So, I ended up winning a contest for, like, a free, like, food card. Uh, went in there, talked to um, now one of my closest friends, Andrew Martinez, who was a editor-in-chief at the time. Him and Pete worked together. They knew each other before I came along. Um, and I told him, I was like, you know, yeah, it's really cool. I won this. I won this um my food card, but I also want to come right and work at the Sundial School paper. Uh, I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a Raiders fan. I'm from East Oakland. Grew up right next to the stadium. Okay. You know, and I like, I told him man, I'm a whole resume pretty much. And he was like, "Oh, where are you a Raiders fan?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh yeah, Pete's a Raiders fan." Like, Who's that? He's like, "Yeah, that's a sports <laughs> editor." Okay. So he gives me his Twitter. He's like, "All right, just DM him and let him know what's up." And me and Andrew were cool at that point. Uh, DMT. He was like, all right, we'll stop by. Let's stop by the studio on Friday. He had just started up um, a podcast for, uh, called Fo- it originally became Football Friday. But like the first two episodes were essentially Raiders episodes. Mm-hmm. And the guy who we had on, Shopper, uh, wherever Shopper is, shout out to him. Right. But he, uh, he's a journalist, ex-military guy. He was a he was a Niners fan, so when they would talk, uh, listen to the first episodes, I was like nervous walking in. I came in after the, after they finished the show, uh, and me and Pete talked, or you know, we chatted. And he was like, "Okay, what's your background?" I got my resume. And then I started telling him, "Like, yeah, I'm gonna have a lot, a lot, a lot of knowledge about college football, NFL." And I just started. I was like, "Pick a team in college I can tell you about." And I was like, "You know what, buddy? Boise State." And it just turns out that his cousin, Andy Avalos, was the defensive coordinator for Boise State. At the time, he was like a D-line coach. But I just started, telling, I just started naming off just Boise State football facts, just about the team, players, NFL, where they came from, this and the third. And he was like, wow, I'm shocked. And I just started going about all oh, like USC, Texas. Oh. I started talking mad trash about Texas football. And I was like, they don't produce any good offensive linemen anymore, and they don't. But uh, he got a kick out of that, and at that point, he was like, all right, well, let's get on a show. And then the third episode, uh, it was me and him, and it was me and him, I think Shaka was there, but that's when it became like Football Friday, and eventually, we just went on for like a good year, and just kept doing shows at the Sundial. Then eventually, he graduated, I was still at CSUN, but I continued the tradition of like Football Friday. Um, I had a bunch of people on. We would talk all types of college football, anything, you name it. Everything in between. Uh, we would have huge rants. Uh, I always give Pete crap because I was pro-time early before him. 
mm-hmm. um, at Georgia. I was like, even though he told ACL, he's still going to be a great player. He's like, nah. I was like, yeah. He's like, name a good Georgia running back. Uh, and then we kind of just started reeling off uh, names and everything. That's what's up. But eventually, yeah, eventually it got to the point where he's working on his job. I was, I left the side out. Just bad terms, things, and really know what I wanted to. But it was to the point where I'm like, okay, I still want to write. I still write for websites and stuff. I still want right. to talk sports. And me and him, I always just have natural chemistry. So he's like, right. he's like, look, man, I want to do more. Because there's a lot of black ass journalists out here who just take us all for granted. They don't really, they're just there. They don't really know the sport. They don't really talk about it. Mm. We can talk about it in a way that's unique to us. Right. Because we both play football in high school. We both get it. And eventually we started up, uh, I think on Mixer. Started up on Mixer. Um, we couldn't think of a name. Eventually it came down to like uh, Unnecessary Toughness. I was like, it was a show on TV called Unnecessary Roughness. I was like, well, we can't use that. Right, I, like, I, I remember right. that. I remember Unnecessary Roughness. Yeah, it was a decent show. I should have got canceled, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the guy, the black dude, who was in it, he was a true blood, and he got killed, and then he was in like another show, and he got killed. Like, everything that dude did, he ends up getting killed. But mm. whatever, I digress. So, wow. we just kept rolling the show. Uh, it started from Mixer, and then we were like, all right, it's not going to be Unnecessary Toughness. And it'll be like take a tangent, and then we realize, you know what? Nah, it has to be deeper. Like the show has to be more than us just arguing and yelling sports at each other. Like we can talk about sports and articulate in a really intelligent way, and we can be as petty, petty as humanly possible. Right, right. Um, so, how many episodes so, have um, how many episodes have uh, you guys done up to this point? Just for touchdowns and tangents, when we officially agreed on the name, yep. we have 84 episodes, but all together we've done about over 200. Oh, wow. Okay. Just dating back from the sundial till now, easily, easily we've done 200. And then also, like, when we launched the became touchdowns and tangents. Um, yeah. And then, like, all the past names for podcasts that we have, like Unnecessary Toughness, mm-hmm. those are segments on our show now. Okay. So like take a tangent, um, touchdown or turnover, and unnecessary toughness. Those are all segments that we end the show with. Right, right. So, and we kind of just always want to make sure that we're not only accurate, but we're factual. And this isn't just like a podcast for sports. It's like, imagine being in a barbershop or wherever, just in a situation where somehow sports comes up and you're talking with your family, friends, and it's like people don't even care about sports. And it sparks something that either pisses somebody off or it just sparks a discussion. And it causes people to kind of have to dialogue and talk to each other and kind of, you know, come to a court on things, and everybody walks away knowing that they learned something. And even if, let's say, you're not a fan of the sport that we talk about, you have a better appreciation for it and understanding for it. Right. So right. you almost, like, become a fan be a proxy just cause and I think that's that's what like we were most proud of cause we had we had a pool party um for Goodness Radio a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and a lady who has a son who has like two sons playing football came up to me and was like you know I really listen to what y'all have to say I really like it y'all 
that really, that get really insightful stuff, and it almost makes me question, like, do I want my kid to play football? Do I want them to play sports? How how she should go about it, and that that's kind of um, that's something that we kind of always strive for, and I'm kind of happy that we're getting that feedback from people. It's not just people who play sports. Right. It's like every it's everyone in the world of sports who it affects, who it doesn't affect, and everything in between. And then we also have journalism backgrounds, so that helps too. Right. Right. Well, 200 episodes um, is is quite an accomplishment. Uh, we we definitely have to. Uh, play catch up just to you know get to 200 there but uh just want to shift gears for a moment here and uh i know you talked about you being a raiders fan you grew up in oakland right next to the stadium i just talked about the situation that's going on with khalil mack and john gruden and the potential of a trade taking place um as a fan when you see that um what, what are your thoughts about that when you see the best player with your franchise potentially being on the trading block for some nonsense. I think that will be the biggest mistake in franchise history, and Al Davis is probably spitting and cursing in his grave. Yeah, word. <laughs> I think that's the that's the stupidest thing you could ever do. It's like when the Bulls traded Jordan after his first contract. Mm. Like he's that type of player, and the fact that honestly, I think Derek Carr is kind of overrated to a certain extent, and I think you should have paid Mac over Carr. But this, with a lot of teams, and just in this league, the NFL, there's more priority on the offense. Well, guess what? Okay, you need a left tackle. You need a quarterback. Right. You kind of need a wide receiver and a running back. But you need a left tackle and a quarterback. And why do you need a left tackle? Because, oh, Khalil Mack's on the other side. Aaron Donald's on the other side. Lawrence Taylor-type players on the other side of the ball. Right. And, like, imagine if Deion Sanders are playing nowadays in this climate. Imagine how bad we'd be talking about him because he want to get paid. Because he's the greatest at what he does. Mm-hmm. I imagine Khalil Mack was an all-pro at two positions. No one's ever done that. And arguably, he'd be an all-pro at all three linebacker spots to probably play in a 3-4 defense. He could play damn near every position on the defensive line. Yeah, and I've said that Khalil Mack is. I mean to cut you off. I I, I said at one it's point cool. that Khalil Mack um, can wreck an offense all by himself. Um, whether it's in crunch time, whether it's during the game. Like I, I I remember the game y'all played against Carolina. I think in 2016. Got a pick mistaken. six. Got a pick six, and then when the Panthers was driving for a late score, Khalil Mack got the cam, and I'm like, man. Like, that's that's what you need in crunch time. You need a dude that no matter how much protection they give the quarterback, you got a guy that can just wreck all that and, and, and just change the outcome of a game and just change the the course of how the game is played. Um, the Raiders are making a big mistake, um, if you ask me, um, especially if they're going to relocate to Vegas and you want to give these new fans something to cheer for. You can't just go to Vegas and not have Khalil Mack, one of your one of your best players, the player that you drafted that you finally got right in the draft after all these years of, of being bad, and you, you, yeah, and you're and you're gonna let this whole I don't know if it's a rift or what, but you're gonna let this situation keep you from keeping one of the best defensive players in the league. And so, further your point, let's just think about it. Who's a better player than Khalil Mack that the Raiders have drafted 
in my, I'm 26. I was born in 92. Mm-hmm. So in the 26 years of my life, name a better player the Raiders have drafted. Who was that great that early? Charles Wilson kind of doesn't really count. Yeah, it's hard to think about one man. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm oh, thinking about that. Don't really count. I'm thinking about that team with uh, Rich Gannon, Ronald Curry, um, Charles Woodson when he was there the first time. Um, I'm 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 thinking about that team, and most of most of those guys, if I'm not mistaken, were free agents, right? Free agents, or uh, Ronald Curry was like a late like a later round draft pick, right. and a quarterback at North Carolina. So it's like. You you got a guy and converted him to a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I just there's nobody. Uh, the kicker. This dude is a generational. Jan- Jan- Janikowski. What, I, when I, Janikowski I drafted by them? Janikowski was the 17th overall pick, and I still think that was the stupidest mistake ever. He might be what he might have been one of the he, brightest he, spots while y'all had that 13 years and, of losing. The three years that he was actually elite, he was trash every other year. Seventy-eight percent. Mm-hmm. Like he's barely at eighty-two percent for his career. I think or eighty-four. And me and Pete had a huge argument about this, but I'm like, Janikowski's one of the most overrated kickers of all time. He just has a big leg and he stuck around long enough. And he's built like a mini fridge. Oh yeah, that dude is. Uh, he, he's, Go back to those Florida State days. The wide left, the wide right, like man, and left footed kickers are. One of my high school coaches like left foot people who are left footed are weird. And I was like, Yeah, you're kinda right. I mean I left handed, whatever, like that's not shocking, but like you're left footed and he like you would think there'd be a kind of accuracy, especially because he could probably kick an eighty yard field goal. Right. Human honest, but when it comes to that, there's never been a more impactful player drafted than Khalil Mack for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Since maybe Marcus Allen. Well, let me um let me get to the chat room here and um I got my buddy here, Brian Williams from Chicago here. He's a Raiders fan also. He says uh no one. Um he says Brown, Woodson and Mack since nineteen eighty eight. So basically those are the three players that have been high draft picks that have been elite for the Raiders since nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. This is Charles I mean Nam but he eventually left. But he was at his best when he was a Raider. Uh, he was like a third, the thirty-first overall pick. You got, uh, you got Tim Brown. You got Charles Woodson. But was Charles Woodson really like defensive player of the year? Right. He was better when he was with the Packers. He, his best years were honestly with Green Bay, mm-hmm. just based off how he was used. But I think he was. He always had that same level of talent. But yeah, Green Bay actually got the best out of him. Right. Right. But I would. And I would say, like, yeah, Mac honestly is the greatest player in this franchise since Tim Brown or Marcus Allen. And he was way better than uh, Charles Woodson just first four years. Right, right. Charles Woodson was good. Whether he was great and he was going to be talented, but he wasn't what he was. If you took Charles Woodson off that Super Bowl team and put Khalil Mack, I think they still have a chance to win. Who's blocking Khalil Mack? Roman Oban? It's hard to block that guy. It, it really is. Like, if you go back and look at that, that, that uh, Buccaneers offense and who was playing, like Michael Pittman at running back, Brad Johnson at quarterback, yep. and you had uh, Roman Oban who played for the Chargers and was washed with the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. you're telling me Khalil Mack 
is is not stifling that because Charles Woodson really didn't get his peak until later. And yeah, he was Tim at Brown his best. He was at his best when he was with the Packers. No question about that. But let me get yeah. back to Namdi Asamoa. You mentioned Asamoa, and and even though Shut he up. flamed out when he was with the Eagles. He flamed out for a, he flamed out for a good reason, and that good reason was he married Kerry Washington. God bless that brother right there. Oh, I can't believe that. Damn, I was not expecting that. He, I was a plot twist. He flamed he out for a good though. reason. What's that? Did he marry her after he left uh, Philly? I, I think he, yeah, I, I believe he married her after he left Philly. Yeah, and that's why I was saying he he flamed out for a good reason. He married Kerry Washington. I mean, who would want to flame out? That Eagles team was terrible. He passed out with the Eagles, but that Eagles team, that defensive scheme was terrible. Yeah, that was the they had, um, they had that great was the players in a terrible team. scheme. That was the um, yeah, that was the dream the dream team. team. Yeah, yeah, they went four and twelve, and uh, they gave Andy Reid the boot there. Um, and they traded Kevin Cobb, I think. And Kevin Are Cobb they, was still on the roster. I think he either signed with Arizona or he got traded, but yeah, I, I, thought know, he, I thought he was with the Cardinals by then. Because wasn't Vic on that team? Yeah, Vic was on that team. Yeah, Vic, yeah, Vic was still on the team. Um, and, uh, yeah, Deshaun Jackson was still there. McCoy was still there. Yeah, all those all those. Chip Kelly honestly should be oh, – I'm sorry. All those prominent players with the Eagles that year, once Chip Kelly came in, he just wiped them all out. Chip Kelly and Riley Cooper actually cost the city of Philadelphia, I'm going to say, at least two championships. They should be banned from Philadelphia, Uh, Riley Cooper and Chip Kelly. But that's okay because the Eagles are the defending champs and they're going to open the season and defend the title. So uh, the Eagles are in great hands right at this point. Um, I just want to get, uh, you know, ask you one more question before we, uh, before I have to let you go here. Um, You're in California and um, do you, you you travel back and forth from Oakland to LA, or how, how does that? Are you how, where do you guys um, spend your most time at? I, I spend most of my time in LA, but um, sometimes okay. like I I hop on the uh, the good old fashioned um, take the mega bus. It's actually pretty cheap. Oh oh take man, love mega bus, man, love mega bus. I remember when mega bus used to be a dollar, man. I, could, I used to I used yeah. to ride up from DC to New York and back. Um, it, it it was great. Now they, you know, now they cost fifty bucks, which is fine because, you know, they got the, you know, they started out. They tried to get their, you know, their target audience. They got their audience. Now they want to, you know, splurge a little bit. Now, you know, now they got a pretty got good it. fan base. So, a mega bus is pretty anything cool. with chargers on the bus, I I, I support. Yeah, ASAP. Uh, I want to ask you about the, my phone? I want to ask you about the Lakers. Um, okay. Your 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 thoughts on. LeBron being there, the moves they made, who they have left, and what your expectations for the Lakers are. I honestly think they could be the third best team in the West because they can beat Houston, but they're not better than Houston. Mm-hmm. They can beat every other team in the Western Conference. I think we it showed last year three between three and eight. There's not much of a difference. Um, Portland is pretty much cursed. They need they needed a guy like Melo to come in and step in. They don't they don't have like a world beating scorer or just someone who can hit the three and play elite defense and small forward for the 
for the Trailblazers. You, you don't think Damian Lillard could be that? Damian Lillard's a point guard, really he's a two guard. Most of the, some of the best guards in the West are two guards, but they just they have to be ball dominant. Westbrook is honestly a two guard, playing point guard. Yeah, right. Uh McCollum is a true two guard. Uh Curry obviously could play two guard, but he's just not a good defender, so Yeah, because I don't think point. I don't think the the Blazers' problem is they don't have enough scoring. Uh, to me, they don't have a bench in in my eyes. I think if they had a bench... They got Flanagan. They got some guys, but like outside of McCollum and Lillard, nobody else can step up and get it done for them. That's why I think they'll never be a contender. Yeah, and that's why I, I think mean, the Lakers yeah, have obviously. the perfect opportunity. And I don't think their big man is you know elite enough to where... You know, you can run an offense through him. You know, do some. You know, do enough pick and roll to where it makes a big difference. Um, but so you say. So you think the Lakers can have the potential to be the third best team in the conference? Um, I don't think. I don't think you're crazy. Me. I don't think you're crazy. Um, I mean, Golden State obviously is your number one. Um, Houston, um, if you know, if all things work together. Um, like they did last year, minus Trevor Ariza, they could be the number two seed. And I, I, I think at the three spot in the West, I think it's a toss-up. I think the Lakers could be right there. I think um, somebody like the Oklahoma City Thunder um, with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, they could be there. Um, I like the pickup of uh, Dennis Schroeder in that uh, in that little three-way trade that they did with... Um, with the Hawks to get, you know, the, and I think Mello was in that part of that deal also, but I like the fact yeah. that they now, they being the Thunder, they have a, 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 a guy that can run the offense while Westbrook is on the bench. Yeah. I mean, but I think it could be another Reggie Jackson situation where he gets forced out eventually too. Mm. Just because he's, he's too, he's good enough to where he can start. But Westbrook just won't give up the ball because he's he's not he, he has to be well. That's fine. Well, that's I mean, fine. That's fine. But also think about it this way: you can have Shooter and Westbrook on the floor at the same time. You can have Shooter bring the ball up, and then Westbrook could be your two guard in situations like that. But he won't do it all the time. That's the thing. Yeah, he's yeah, he's not going to do it all the time. But at least in I mean, depending on your matchup. You can have both those guys on the floor at the same time, and then when Westbrook's on the bench and you got to spare him till maybe seven or six minutes left in the fourth quarter, you got a guy that has experience from his days with the Hawks that can run a legit offense and keep the Thunder in game so that when Westbrook comes back, Westbrook can close. And I, and I, and I get that he can be erratic at times, but if, if Westbrook's your best player, you're, you're going to ride – you're gonna ride Westbrook until the wheels fall off. If you, if you're the Thunder, yeah, well, that's that's true. But yeah. I, I feel like I feel like Phoenix honestly is gonna be the biggest impediment to the Lakers. You said who's gonna be the gonna biggest be, impediment? The Suns. The Suns are gonna be a thorn in the Lakers' side. The the Suns are gonna be a thorn in the Lakers' side. How so? Because they're going to be fighting for that seventh, eighth spot, maybe a sixth spot. And I mean, LeBron and that the Lakers are a mature team, and they'll help bring along those core guys of Lonzo, Josh Hart, uh, Kuzma, and Ingram. 
Because mm-hmm. everybody else around is practically grown. You know, just I'm going Lance Stevenson, Ray John Rondo. They're going to be a physically tougher and mentally tougher team. Then you got Wagner, who they picked up out of Michigan. I really like what the Lakers are doing player-wise. I just want to see that jelly come together. And I think they can't rely on LeBron to win them games. They got to still come out there and compete the way they did when they won 35 games without him. Right. And LeBron adds at least another 10 to 15 wins. So I would definitely say, like, Ingram needs to step up more. He needs to live in the weight room because I don't think he's physically strong enough yet to take over. And, yeah, he had 16 a game, but he was injured. And I think Kuzma's a better scorer than him. So, honestly, it's more like Kuzma is like a Clay Thompson type where you can not give him all the touches and he'll still make plays and that's going to be And that's going to be the key. Because remember, everybody's focused on who they bought in. Everybody focused on JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley. And everybody kept like saying, oh, these guys aren't shooters. You know, these guys can't, you know, shoot from the three. They're, they're terrible at it. Don't forget, Kuzma's, Kuzma's still on this team. Um, Brandon Ingram is still on this team. And both of those players have room for improvement. So you could say, oh, LeBron is in a situation where it's like he's in Cleveland again. He's got nobody. No, 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 not so fast. Kyle Kuzma has room to improve. Brandon Ingram has a ceiling that he can reach. He can improve upon his play. So, I mean, yeah, those other guys that they brought in, it doesn't make sense. But don't forget about the guys that they already have on the roster. And, 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 I'll, and I'll leave it at that as far as the Lakers are concerned. Most of uh, You were talking about Reggie McKenzie earlier before we go. Can I just uh, drop some uh, quick info for everybody who doesn't know? Yeah, what's up? Okay, so I'm just going to touch on the 2014 draft, 2013, 2015, 2016. I'm going to say notable misses. Um, 2013, they missed on Sheldon Richardson, Stalin Tuatari, Kenny Vaccaro, Eric Reed, Justin Pugh, Kyle Long, Desmond Trufant, Tree Floyd, Xavier Woods, DeAndre Hopkins, Alec Ogletree, Travis Frederick, Kawan Short, Kiko Lonzo, and Le'Veon Bell. That's just 2013. Um, 2014, they uh, missed on Martavis Bryant, Trey Boston, Jeff Janis, Central Henderson, and I'll take Charles Leno. 2015, they missed on TJ Eden, Preston Smith, Eddie Goldman, Devin Funches, Bernardus McKinney, Eric Kendricks, uh, Eric Rowe, Denzel Perriman, Mitch Morris, Ronald Darby, Rob Havenstein out of Wisconsin, where all those cats were getting drafted, uh, Marcus Golden, Ali Marker, Frank Clark, Tyler Lockett, Tevin Coleman, Duke Johnson, Jordan Hicks, David Johnson, Daniel Hunter, Tom Montgomery, Grady Jarrett, Adrian Amos, Stephon Diggs, and Jerry Ahi. And lastly, in the 2016 draft, um, they also passed on Tyler Decker, Keanu Neal, Darren Lee, Derek Henry. Uh, shout out to Jihad Ward. Um, Ashawn Robinson, Michael Thomas, Jason Spriggs, Jerron Reed, Deion Jones, Jonathan Uque, Kevin Byer, Charles Tapper, Devondre Campbell, Blake Martinez, Matt Judon, and Jordan Howard. Now, all the names uh, I said, you can look them up. Some of these cats are already all pro. Yep. players at their position, and Pro Bowlers. 
I'm not even going to tell you who the Raiders drafted. I just want all y'all, for everyone I just said, go back and look at the Raiders drafts from 2013 and now. Yeah. And that is the reason why. It's that reason good. alone is the reason why Reggie McKenzie's going to get fired. He's going to lose his job just based off that. When you take uh, when you when you draft DJ Hayden over everybody over guys like uh, Xavier Rhodes or Desmond Trufant or DeAndre Hopkins or Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. that's why you lose your job. And that was just one year. He's he's ripped on guys year after year after year. Had terrible draft strategy. Won't take linebackers past uh, Tremont Edmonds to get Colton Miller. Passed up on like a guy like Fred Warner. They took that Brandon Parker cat in the third round, and I'm like, you could have taken Rasheen Green out of USC. A bunch of cats. Uh, Baker out of Ohio State, the linebacker. So, I, I mean, when it comes to it, I'm not surprised when Richard McKenzie gets fired. He's great at managing the salary cap. And well, if he loses Khalil Mack, then if he loses Khalil Mack, then not that could everybody. Do it. It's not just him. That could do it. No, he's He's gone already, I think. It's just, if he gets Mac, they'll ride him off into the sunset. But like, thank you. Uh, your they may keep him for one year in Vegas, but after that, he's gone. Because all, all, all the coaches have the same agent as Gruden. So it's like, this is Gruden's baby. This is his draft. And I think he passed on a lot of guys this year that can contribute. But I mean, hey, and then look at and the whole situation. And you think Reggie McKenzie's going to take the fall? He's going to be the fall guy. He's the fall guy already. Once they announced that ten-year, hundred million-dollar deal, it was over for Reggie McKenzie. It's done. And then the fact that he was pretty much not even allowed to make draft decisions. Yep. It's done. I know, much... of, I know a lot of Raider fans won't be very happy with that. Um, but I gotta, I gotta wrap Let's this go up. Back. Um, Kenny, appreciate I, you. I, I uh, appreciate you joining me here. Um, let everybody know where they can find you and your show, and, you know, your social media outlets. Let everybody know where they can find you guys at. Most of you can find me at Ozo Grande on Twitter, Instagram, O-Z-O Grande. You can find Touchdowns and Tangents practically everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, um, anywhere there's pretty much a platform. That's where it is. And on Twitter and Instagram, it is, at Facebook, it is TDs underscore Tangents. All right, that's what's up. Hey, Kenny, man, uh, appreciate you joining me for a few minutes here, man. And, um, you know, continue the success. Um, wish you guys nothing but the best. You know, good luck with your future endeavors, and uh, hopefully we can do some uh, networking opportunities in the near future. Definitely. I am here. Thank you. All right, man, appreciate you. All right, man, that was um, that was Kenny Barry with uh, the Touchdown and Tangents podcast uh, joining me for a few minutes here. Um, I got the line open here, and uh, it, lo- it looks like um, I'm, I'm doing this show for Dolo in full for the second straight week. Um, hopefully Maestro's doing all right. Uh, he had some car issues, and hopefully he was going to barge right in here, but um, it's, it's looking like I'm going to you know, lead the rest of the way here. So I got the lines open here. Uh, the number here is 301-928-9649. I'll, uh, matter of fact, for you folks in the chat, if you forget, I'll just put this number here in the chat room. So um, if you guys want to talk about anything, I mean, we could talk 
Khalil Mack. Um, if you want to revisit the situation with the University of Maryland and what's going on there, we could talk about that. Um, we could talk about, you know, some NBA stuff, which I'm going to get into um, in a minute here and um, anything else, you know, that's on your mind here. Just want to say what's up to some people here. Um, I know some people came up in here since I was on the phone with Kenny here. Um, uh, the X-Squad radio station is in a chat room. That's, uh, that's the homie Kesey Ingram with the Kicking It With Kesey show. What's going on, folk? Um, why did I say folk like I'm, like I'm from down south or something like that? I, I, I caught myself doing that there. Um, this is uh, it's the homie Fame Up at Prospect, but he's going by Michael Snackson for the second week in a row. What's going on, Fame? And um, Miss Angela, I thought I saw Miss Angela here in the chat room earlier, but if uh, you're still listening, um, but you're not chatting, I appreciate you as well. So um, so let me touch into uh, some NBA items here. Um, let, me, let me get into Carmelo Anthony, who's officially signed with the Houston Rockets, and there's been conversations where he's going to come off the bench on certain nights. And if he's conformed to that, I think that's an excellent move on Carmelo's part to do that because I tell you, man, I watched him last year with the Thunder, and he, he's not what he once was. He's not your, you know, 24 points a game average type of player anymore. He averaged about 16, 17 last year with the Thunder. And, you know, he's getting older, slower, and I think at this point in his career, if he truly wants to win a title, he should come off the bench. I mean, people talked about that when he got signed by the Thunder last year, that he should just, you know, come off the bench, provide some instant offense, and, you know, you'll be in, in the fourth quarter during clutch situations. And so I I, I think that's uh, – if, if it's Melo that's made this decision and not Mike D'Antoni – then I, I love the new attitude that Melo has, and I think that he'll be a good asset to the Rockets. Now, will the Rockets take a step back? Yeah, I think they'll take a slight step back. I mean, they won 65 games last year. I mean, yeah, 65 games is a lot of games to win in the NBA. Um, so, yeah, I expect them to take a dip. I expect them to win maybe about 53, 54 games this year. Um, losing Trevor Ariza's defense is a big key. Uh, Baja Mute, you know, I wasn't really high on him. Um, yeah, I understand he can give you some defense, but the guy just can't shoot. And, and, and when you're trying to score with the Warriors, you don't need Mbaha Mute on the floor when you're trying to outscore somebody. Yeah, you want to stop him, but you're not stopping the Warriors, and that's the problem, and so... I'm not losing sleep if I'm a Rockets fan that I lost Luke and Baja Mute. I'm 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 just not doing that. So um so shout out to the Rockets, shout out to Melo for getting the deal done. Um it'll be an interesting season with the Rockets. It it'll be fun to watch, I think, uh watching him and his buddy Chris Paul on the same squad. Um and watching James Harden, who's one of the top five players in the league. And you know, I think at this stage in his career, I think Melo's comfortable. I, I I think he's found a spot where he can contribute to a championship team. 
Uh, I want to say what's up to uh, Ben from uh, BS3 Sports and Music, repping the X-Squad, man. Uh, what's going on, Ben? Um, glad you came on in here, man, because I, I just was getting ready to get into this uh, Bruce Bowen story, um, which I was in your chat room the other day, and you had broke that news about him being let go from the L.A. Clippers broadcast team, which... I had no idea that Bruce Bowen worked for the L.A. Clippers of of all teams. And so I guess the story is, is that, you know, Bruce Bowen has been highly critical of Kawhi Leonard while he was with San Antonio and, you know, the fallout that took place there. And Bruce Bowen came out and said some things. And um, I, I guess my question is, number one, why are you letting go of Bruce Bowen now? I mean, Kawhi Leonard just got traded to the Raptors, what, maybe two, three weeks ago? Uh, Bruce Bowen said this, what, maybe a month ago, a little over a month ago? And, and if you're the Clippers and you had high hopes to maybe get Kawhi because he said he wanted to be in L.A., not necessarily the Lakers, why now? Why, why are you letting Bruce Bowen go now since it's been over a month that Bruce Bowen has been critical of Kawhi? Does it tell me that maybe you weren't in on Kawhi Leonard when it was first brought up that maybe the Clippers might be interested? And so maybe you take an interest now and maybe you feel like you got a chance come next offseason. And, and now you're saying, oh, we, we got to get rid of this Bruce Bowen guy. Like, we, we, we can't have that. Um... It's just things that make you wonder. Um, the, the the Clippers, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend that the Clippers are a first-class organization. Um, they're definitely one of the worst franchises in the history of sports. I mean, let's let's not get that twisted. Um, let's, let's not get that twisted at all. Um, if you have a chance to get Kawhi Leonard, and you knew that a month and a half ago, if you feel like you need to get rid of Bruce Bowen, then you should have did that a month and a half ago. Not now. Not on, you know, not around August 12th, 13th. You, you know what I mean? So that that one just kind of had me puzzled there for a minute there, though. And, I, and I'm, and I'm kind of sitting here thinking, like, Bruce Bowen, I, I look, and I, and I know Bruce Bowen has been, you know, on other teams. He was with the Sixers, I know, at one point, and uh, I'm... I'm blanking on the other team he was with. But I look at Bruce Bowen as a spur. And and obviously that has to do with the titles that he helped the Spurs win. So I'm just kind of surprised that he's not working with the Spurs in any capacity. Even prior to the Kawhi Leonard stuff. I'm surprised he's not working with the Spurs in any you know capacity in the front office or broadcasting or whatever. Um, I do know that um, Sean Elliott, former San Antonio Spur, former champion of that 99 team, and I don't want to be reminded of that as a Knicks fan, but I know he was doing broadcasting locally for the Spurs for a long time, and I don't know if he's still doing that to this day, but, um, you know, shout out to Sean Elliott if, if you're still doing that. So, you know, so maybe Bruce Bowen, maybe there wasn't a, a spot for him per se. But, um, you know, hey, at least he got a gig or something. Um, so, Bruce Bowen, 
probably going to go back to NBA TV or ESPN or something crazy like that. Um, maybe, maybe, just maybe. Um, Brian Williams in the chat room says, no, he was shortchanging Woodson, All-Pro first team, Pro Bowl in, from 98 to 2001, first team All-Pro uh, 99 and 01, and second in 2000, and that's all with the Raiders. Okay, so you're responding to um, Kenny's um, point about Charles Woodson being at his best when he was with the Packers. Um, I, I, I guess I'll have to look at that again um, because, and, and 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 I guess we, I guess we kind of feel like he was better with the Packers because he won a title with Green Bay. So maybe that has something to do with it. But Brian, you might be onto something if those. I mean, if those are his credentials when he got drafted by Oakland around that time, then. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take your word for it. I mean, you being the official uh, Raiders aficionado fan, I'd, I'd have to take your word for it. But uh, we, we kind of felt like he was at his best in Green Bay because of the title in 2010. So, um, the BS3 Sports and Music in the chat says, this Bruce Bowen firing is interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely interesting because... Two things it brings up: you're interested in Kawhi Leonard, and why are you firing him now? When the interest should have been when Bruce Bowen first criticized Kawhi Leonard. That's the, you know, that's that's the only you know thing about this that kind of makes it interesting. Now, if they end up not getting Kawhi Leonard, I, I think that'd be some egg in their face. On the real, if 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 that if that happened. That that would just be that that would just turn out you know for the worst. It, it'd be the worst case scenario for uh, the Clippers to you know put all their faith in one guy. Um, so we gotta we gotta fire the guy on the broadcasting team so we could get Kawhi. Like like come on like this this is like it's like it's it's like kindergarten. It's like come on like I mean I could see them firing a coach. That maybe he had some bad blood with in the past, or or somebody on the like on the the training staff or something. But on the broadcasting team, y'all worrying about feelings right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Clippers kill me. Uh, Brian Williams said, "I don't feel bad for Bowen. You don't speak about grown folks' money. Next time, he knows to stay in his lane. Uh, that's a fact, man. You you don't speak about a grown man's money. You know that's that's for sure. That's for sure." Um, one more basketball comment, and then I'm going to get into my top five offenses, top five defenses for the upcoming NFL season. James Dolan, owner of the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers and all things Madison Square Garden. So today, you know, listening to uh, the fan up in New York a little bit. And uh, one of the hosts, um, she's a she's a female, uh, you know, does the afternoon drive show with uh, Bart Scott, I think, um, had some words for Mr. James Dolan. And obviously, I think she kind of had a rant about this maybe a couple of shows ago. So I actually had to research the story and, you know, find out what exactly was going on. So apparently and and for folks that don't know James Dolan the way I know James Dolan as a terrible owner of the Knicks 
Um, James Dolan also has this band. He also does music. He he spends like countless hours at the House of Blues, you know, playing his guitar and you know all this other crap. So, so this article pulled up where James Dolan and his band. He was on Fox Five in New York um, last Thursday. So he and his band, his band's name is called JD and the Straight Shot. They performed this song called I Should Have Known. And in the song, it basically alludes to Harvey Weinstein's alleged inappropriate behavior towards women. Now, here's the connection with James Dolan and Harvey Weinstein. As maybe some of us don't know, some of y'all don't know, Harvey Weinstein has this company called um, Weinstein, I think it's Weinstein Associates or Weinstein Companies or something like that, but um, Weinstein's got this big conglomerate corporation and apparently James Dolan is on the board for that particular organization. And so the song, um, and I wish I could play it, but there's, there's a bunch of stuff in this audio that I'd have to skip through just to get to it. So I'm not going to play it, but, um, but basically this song basically alludes to the point that Dolan is admitting that he could have done something to stop Harvey Weinstein from, um, inappropriate behavior towards women. And it's, it's funny because Dolan was the one who, on his watch, had the Anuka Brown-Sanders situation with Isaiah Thomas years ago take place. That whole, you know, sexual harassment ordeal. Um, so, Mr. Dolan, you had this go on under your watch. You ignored it. Um, you had to pay Anuka Brown-Sanders millions of dollars to settle. And then, not only that, you bring back... Isaiah Thomas to the garden to run the New York Liberty WNBA team. And now all of a sudden you want to make a song talking about how you wish you could have done something to help Harvey Weinstein. Like there's some hypocrisy in that a little bit. Like there's some like, 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 like James Dolan needs, needs to take some smoke for this. He really, I mean, this should this story should be bigger than what it is right now. And I'm and I'm kind of stunned that this is not all over the New York media like, you know, like most things in New York are. I'm 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 really surprised that this hasn't scratched the surface as hard enough as it does right now. Um because I I I think he can get some legit smoke for this. What did I talk about earlier in the program? We're in the Me Too movement. And the Me Too movement is really all about bringing awareness to rape, sexual harassment, and being able to identify rape situations and not being able to um, come forward at a later date. You know, helping, helping victims being able to come forward earlier once it happens to them. And you can't put in, I mean, you, I guess you can because you did it, but you, you, you did a song 
you know, saying, hey, I knew some stuff about what was going on with Weinstein and, you know, I could have did some things to help out. But, you know, this sucks that this is happening to him. And, you know, everybody knows Harvey Weinstein is he's got a trial coming up and, you know, he's potentially going to be, you know, going to be going to jail for this if he gets convicted of, of all this. And um, and this and to me, this just isn't this is just not a good look for James Dolan. Um, and, and by the way, there was that report that he might sell the Knicks at some point. He answered that for every Knicks fan, and it's not the answer that every Knicks fan wants to hear because he's not selling the team. He's not going to sell the Rangers. He's not going to sell the Knicks. He's not going to sell the Garden. But he, he did sell Cablevision. I, I, I guess you got to give him that there. He did sell Cablevision, but... I'm not a fan of Cablevision. I'm a fan of the New York Knicks. You know, I've I've been I've been a fan since the Patrick Ewing years. I've enjoyed a lot of glory during those '90s teams, and since 2001, I've only had maybe two, three great things to be excited about the Knicks. One of them was Lynn Sanity. The other one was winning 54 games in 2013, I believe that was. And the other moment is drafting Porzingis, and we have yet to really see what Porzingis is going to be. But, I mean, come on. Like, this is just, I mean, this is just the example of the dysfunction, the hypocrisy, and the, the, the turmoil that the Knicks have become. I mean, James Dolan, this is not the first time you've ex- you've witnessed or have heard of sexual assault situations. You've had this under your nose in the past. And you're on the board with Harvey Weinstein's company. You're on, you're on the board for that organization. And you're t- and you're going to come out now and say something? You might have cost Harvey Weinstein a trip to jail with that song. You, you you better hope that thing don't surface all over the internet, man. And, and I don't know if it is or not, but you, you, you better hope that this thing goes away because this is not, you know, and, and, I, and I listened to the host rant earlier today, and, you know, she was a diehard Nick fan, and she's like, look, I had club seats. And I could give a damn if they even let me back in. Because, you know, anytime you say something bad about James Dolan, you're, you you get your tickets and your passes revoked. Because you said something critical about James Dolan and the Knicks. So, up, oh, you know, Woody Allen says something critical. Up, oh, we got to take your tickets. You know, Spike Lee says something. Up, oh, we got to take your tickets. You know, anybody, you know, that's got to be critical. We're going to strip your privileges we're gonna not give you tickets no more you're not welcome to the garden anymore um oh charles oakley up we're we're just gonna ban you from the garden you know one of the one of the more i don't want to say the greatest one of the greatest nicks because obviously there were more greater nicks than you know charles oakley but charles oakley was sort of a um how can i put it with the knicks charles oakley he was an enforcer I'll definitely say that he was an enforcer. He was like, he was he was of Nick's lore. He he was of lore with this franchise. You hear Oakley, you think Nick's. I mean, 
You gonna throw Oakley out? You gonna ban him? Eh, not 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 feeling that. Not 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 feeling that too tough, you know. Um, so you know, James Dolan. I think at this point, now that you've pretty much kind of aired out Harvey Weinstein's laundry, he's probably gonna go to jail because you snitched on him in your song, in your band song, and. I think Adam Silver should do something about you getting banned from the Knicks. All because of this. You you should be getting some kind of smoke for this. You're not going to sell the team. Oh, okay. I want to see how much traction this gets. I mean, and, and guys, you know, people out there listening and folks in the chat room, if you if you haven't heard about this, look it up. Search it up. Search it on Twitter. Search it on Google. And, and and read exactly what this story is talking about. It, it's it's gonna it's it, it's gonna flip your mind when you when you start to hear this stuff. Um, Touchdown and tangent says James Dolan was an alcoholic and a pill popper years ago, but threw Charles Oakley under the bus. And then he also says Dame Dash told everybody about Weinstein years ago. Dolan is trash. That's facts, sir. That's facts, one hundred percent, man. Dolan is a trash bag for that man. You you can't be hypocritical. I mean, you had this. You 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 went through this years ago, with Isaiah Thomas and Anuka Brown Sanders. You went through this, and now you're going through this with Weinstein, and now you're just putting it out there and admitting it, like you you know, like oh, I should have did something. I could have did this. I could have did that. No, I don't think you even care, Dolan. Quite frankly, I think all you care about is making money. And whatever happens to somebody up, we just sweep it under the rug. We we, we we don't talk about it. As long as the money's pouring in. As long as the garden's getting their money. As long as the seats are filled. It's all good. It's all good at the garden. It's all good on the corner of 7th and 34th. Or 8th and 34th, I'm sorry. It's all good. Eh, whatever. Um, so I told y'all folks, I'm going to uh, close the show out here on this note. And since uh, Maestro's not here to have this topic with me, I'll just go ahead and um, give you my top five offenses uh, for the NFL this season. So, And this is no particular order um, because I really didn't have really the time to really put my thought into it as much. But just, you know, based on what I've seen last year, uh, the changes in free agency, the draft, and now training camp, um, I'm just going to base my top five off of that. So as far as offenses in the NFL, I can't leave the Patriots out. You know, I mean, and I know Tom Brady is 41 years old, but until I see it, I got to believe that at some point he's going to fall off. But I, I got to believe it to see it. I, I can't call it. I made that mistake one time that the Patriots were going to fall off one year and they end up going to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to make that mistake again. So I got the Patriots in there. I got the Green Bay Packers in there. Um, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Um, and it doesn't matter who he's throwing to. It doesn't matter that Jordy Nelson's not there anymore. Um, it doesn't matter that that all these young guys are up and coming and, you know, they're, you know, they're, they got questions about the offense and Aaron Rodgers is calling receivers out. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers is going to make your offense look great. Aaron Rodgers has this perfect passer rating when he's throwing Hail Marys, for God's sake. So 
I got the Green Bay Packers as a top five offense. Um, I'm looking at the L.A. Rams, and, you know, I, I know they came on the scene last year, but I think they upgraded in spots where they had to upgrade at. Um, Brandon Cooks is an upgrade over Sammy Watkins, no doubt about that. Um, Todd Gurley got his money. You got Cooper Cup in the draft last year. Um, I think he's a pretty good. He's going to be good in a slot for them, and I, I, I think your offensive line, and and I, and I think um, Whitworth is still there, and I and I think that's the key. Um, as long as that offensive line stays up, and Gurley is running the ball at will, and he's catching it out the backfield, and you can you know throw it deep down the field, that offense has got the potential to um, duplicate what it did last year. So. I, I, I got the I got the Rams in my top five offenses. Um, two more teams I'm looking at. I'm looking at the Atlanta Falcons. I'm looking at their offense, and I know under a different coordinator they weren't as great as they were with Shanahan. I, I get that. Julio Jones is still the best receiver in football. I know Antonio Brown is there, but, I mean, Julio Jones, his catch radius is sick. Um, he's on the squad. He's he's going to do his thing. Um, the running backs, you got two good ones in Freeman and Telvin Coleman. You got some really good ones. Um, and you drafted Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley is going to get some burn because guess what? Teams are going to double-team Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley is going to get his. And you got Matt Ryan, who's a former league MVP, um, under Shanahan's tutelage, um, didn't have the greatest season last year, but somehow ends up bouncing back this year. Now, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not. Um, we, we have maybe a couple of weeks to really, you know, make our playoff predictions for the upcoming season. But um, I think with the weapons that the Falcons have, I think they have an opportunity to put a lot of points on the board um, with the Falcons. So, And then um, my... One other team, and this will, you know, conclude my top five as far as offense is concerned. I'm looking at, I looked at a few teams that could be close. I mean, you could look at the Eagles. You could look at the Vikings, the Steelers. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Um, I, I got to tell you something from a, from an offensive standpoint. I look at, I look at Minnesota. And I know everybody's not a Kirk Cousins fan. I, I, I understand. I understand Kirk Cousins. He's got some issues in the clutch. I, I, I get that. And I know Maestro's got him paid to, you know, get to the Super Bowl. I don't. I got the Rams in the Super Bowl this year until something, you know, happens between now and the start of the season. I got the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, the Vikings potentially offensively can do some things. Calvin, uh, Dalvin Cook is coming back off an injury, y'all. Um, Adam Thielen had a really nice year last year, and Stephon Diggs has a lot of room to improve. And Kyle Rudolph is a solid tight end. And I think this offense has got the potential to, you know, do some really good things. Um, I still think there's a, a semi-playoff team. I still think that. Um, but... I think they, I mean, they got some weapons too now. And, you know, Keenum can do it again. It's about they feel Kirk Cousins can do this. That's that's what this is about. This is not about, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to save the day. This is about the fact that 
a backup quarterback who you signed last offseason somehow came out and had a miraculous year, a career year. You know, first time, you know, starting all 16. Well, they didn't start all 16 games, but, you know, the bulk of the games he started and he was spectacular in moments last year. And the Vikings felt like he can't duplicate that again because his history shows that he's a backup quarterback and that his play is not that good. That's what this Kirk Cousins signing is mostly all about. That's what that's what this is about. So, you know, let's let's not get that twisted there. Um, top five defenses. Um, and let me let me read Fish and Grits chat here. He says, You can stop now. You said the Falcons, so you <laughs> Uh, I know that's not fish. That's got to be grits putting that there. Um, look, Falcons. Will, look, the Falcons will be good. I, I just don't know if they're a playoff team. I'll, I'll put it like that. Um, my top five defenses. Um, look, I think the Philadelphia Eagles defensively are going to be really good. Um, and, and they showed that last year. Um, obviously, in the Super Bowl, it was a different story. But I think... They got the coordinator, they got the players, they got the scheme, and they're defending the title. And, and I think that's a lot more motivation that, you know, you, you have all your players back, or at least mostly all your players back from winning the Super Bowl from that exact roster. And so I got the Philadelphia Eagles as a top five defense. Uh, Jacksonville, there's no question there, Jacksonville. Um, AKA Saxonville is going to get it done defensively again. And, um, this whole thing with, um, Jalen Ramsey getting suspended for a week. Um, I wonder, I wonder what that's all about, but in, in any event, uh, the Jaguars, um, to me, I think are going to be a top five defense again in the league. Um, as far as some other defenses, um, I'm looking at the Broncos defense and, they they fell off a little bit last year, but that had more to do with the offense not holding up their part and just giving the defenses just too many opportunities to be on the field for so long that they couldn't make enough plays. And so I, I think the Broncos' defense bounces back. They'll have a respectable um, year. I mean, a year overall, but as far as rating on defense, they, they got the potential to be a top five. Um, I'm looking at... I'm looking at a team like the Chargers that um, have two of the best edge rushers, uh, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, on the defensive line. And I think that defense has got the potential to be top five. And uh, last but not least, uh, the L.A. Rams. I mentioned them uh, as a top five offense. I think they got a top five defense. Now, I wish they would pay Aaron Donald, and I, and I hope that doesn't affect his play if they somehow don't come to an agreement. Um, the Rams are stacked. They traded for Marcus Peters. They traded for Keith Tlaib. They got one of the best defensive linemen in the game in Aaron Donald. They pick up a Dominican Sue to go along with Aaron Donald. And you got a defense that is scary. It's a scary defense to, to face on Sundays. So, for me, top five defenses, it's Rams. What did I say? Rams, Jaguars. Uh, oh, crap. I'm, I'm losing my train of thought again. 
Um, top five defenses. What did I say? Rams, Jaguars, Chargers, Eagles, Broncos. There you go. There you go. That's my top five. There you go. All right, folks. Um, I'm going to wrap the show up right here. And um, just want to say uh, I appreciate everybody that came into the chat room and everybody that's out there that's listening. And I want to give a special shout out to Kenny Barry of the Touchdowns and Tangents podcast to come on and, you know, talk some sports with me. So I, I appreciate that as well. Um, so just a quick few reminders uh, before we end the show here. My um, social media outlets, uh, we're on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. We're on Twitter at Barbershop SPOR2. We're on Facebook. We got the Facebook page. Um, we also have our YouTube channel, um, which you can find on YouTube.com. Just search for our page and we upload videos to all of our podcasts that we do on a weekly basis. We cut up segments and then we put them on our YouTube page. So if you guys have a YouTube page, make sure you subscribe to our channel. So, you know, you get all that good content that we putting out there for you guys. And also you can find those same exact videos on our website. I don't want to forget about the website www.barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com you go to the home page we got a list of all of our episodes um, including this one once it's done live if you missed anything you can catch it on demand on the home page you just you know click the play button and it's right there and uh, also we got a blog page you can check out our blogs um, the video page, you can check out our blogs and we got a contact page. So if you got any questions or comments regarding the show, if you want to be a guest, um, you could email us at barbershop sports talk one at gmail.com, or you can, you know, enter in your information on that same contact page and, um, we can put you on our subscription list so that when we do these episodes, um, Live, you'll get email notifications of when we do these episodes live. So, again, thanks to everybody. Thanks to Touchdown and Tangents for coming on. Um, thanks to everybody that's out there listening. Uh, appreciate you guys. Much love. Um, I'm going to check on Maestro Styles and, you know, see what his status is. And, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't get him in here. Um, you know, we had some issues getting here. Uh, to the studio so um, you know I'll find out what's going on with him and you know make sure everything is all right there all right folks that's it for the show y'all have a good week enjoy the weekend and we'll holler back at you next Tuesday peace yo what's good this is Trey Frazier this is the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast make sure y'all tune in to us every Tuesday night 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. 
Life is better in flip-flops and with cash from Plato's Closet. You know you have way too many summer styles. So sell your shorts, tees, sunglasses, flip-flops, and more. Plato's Closet is paying cash on the spot for gently used summer clothing, shoes, and accessories for guys and girls. We know you live for sunny days, and you have the closet to prove it. Earn cash for your summer styles at Plato's Closet. Plato's Closet is now hiring. Find us in Fairfax in the Greenbrier Shopping Center and in Manassas at the shops at Signal Hill.